Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So look at yourself. And as I read these three character traits, just evaluate yourself. How are you doing? What's the world see when they look at your life and mine? The first word he uses is blameless. It means purity of life. It means honesty of character. It means doing the right thing. Someone has said this, a blameless person may sin, but he or she then apologizes, they confess, and they make it right. Is that part of your character today? Honesty of character. It seems that one of the hallmarks of our modern age is dishonesty. A former NFL owner once said, just win, baby. (laughs) That attitude seems to have pervaded all of society, including the church. There seems to be the thought that it's okay to say from the pulpit whatever it takes as long as the seats are filled. Well, Pastor Mark is teaching what the Apostle Paul taught the Philippians. Character matters more than popularity. Because the unsaved world is watching what we do. Life will challenge us to cut corners and bend rules. But we have to live our lives realizing that our final judge is God, not those around us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 2 of his message, The World is Watching. Later, the whole Israelite community sat off from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, in the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. Now, in the desert, the whole community against Moses and Aaron. Now, go down to verse 8 and 9. And Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he's heard your... No, no, no. It's ganguzuin. Ganguzuin. Did you get it? Who are we? You are not grumbling against us. Watch this. But against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord. Watch this principle. For he has heard your... So what do we learn there? What did you see in those three passages? Write it down. Here's a huge danger. Grumbling can become a habit. You see, grumbling became the national pastime of Israel. The word grumbling appears many times in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Jewish Old Testament. And it's almost always referring back to the children of Israel in the wilderness and their stubborn, discontent spirit. 
See, grumbling became a lifestyle for the children of Israel. But God hated it. He heard it. Grumbling really is against God because he's orchestrating all the circumstances of our life. So danger number one, grumbling can become a habit. By the way, if, if that's you, people don't want to be around you too much because you're negative and critical. And it, when, when you talk about it, something's always wrong. Some, instead of looking for the good, it, it's always something wrong. And pretty soon people don't want to be around you. And so the habit needs to be broken. I know some of you are going to say right now, Pastor Mark, grumbling, man, that's my spiritual gift from God. <laughs> I want to say to you, no way. It can't be because he just told me, quit grumbling. So it is not a gift from God. Now, what's the second danger? Grumbling can become infectious, negatively affecting others. If you ever visit France, here's the danger if you're going to travel in France. They're always striking against something. They're discontent. Just last week, you watched it for two weeks. They're grumbling, complaining about pensions and retirement age. Then they'll complain about the wages. Then they complain about the airlines. Then they complain about the trains. And the whole city and the whole country seems to be shut down all the time. See, it, it can become infectious. If we're not careful, grumbling will make each of us critical, negative people that always are stirring up something. It, it becomes infectious. And pretty soon, by the way, do you know why churches split? It starts with one, and then they just begin grumbling, and pretty soon there's a whole group of people over here. Follow the children of Israel through. Finally, God got mad, and he stopped. He said, you want meat? Have some meat. Came out of their ears. It starts with one, grumbling. Well, I want to give you four keys of how to work out your salvation. Number one. Live with a positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Live with a positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Instead of complaining, let's go back to Philippians, if you will. Back to Philippians chapter 2, where your finger was. Instead of complaining, Paul says, do everything without complaining. Well, if I'm going to do it without, what do I do it with? Positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Do you know what? I love being around positive people. There was a man in the church, and I was around him for numbers of years. And uh, he's gone to heaven now. But if he would ever call, I wanted to be around him. You know why? Because it rubbed off on me. He was. It didn't matter what happened. He was positive. And it was infectious. I know you like that too. I like to be around those kind of people. Well, look at the last part of verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. So there's another addition. Arguing is defined like this. Useless and sometimes ill-natured disputing, striving, stirring up about little things that don't matter. What a tragedy if the church, or if you and I are known for our arguing and striving with one another. You see, 
God designed us to be a team working together so that we could say to the world, we're different. We're flowing together. We're unified. And as you begin to think about that, the world is watching. Now, I'll speak to this in a moment in more length. But God called us to be different than the world we live in. We're not better. We're just to be different. We're better in the sense that we've accepted the grace of God. But our lifestyle should be better. Because, see, people are looking. There's plenty of gripey, complaining people out. And there's plenty of people that argue about nothing and make big deals out of it. But if we're not like that, then we stand out. We're different. The world is looking for different. They're looking for better. So here's what I want you to write, number two. Christ follower, live in unity, flowing together. That's a beautiful picture of what the world is wanting to see happen. Some group of people that can be unified with a cause. Now, keep your finger right there and let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. This is explained so well to us in a practical way. 1 Peter chapter 4, there it is. Almost, almost to the end of the New Testament. Just turn there with me. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4. Go down to verse 8. Peter says this. Above all... Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That's a huge verse. We don't have a lot of time to apply it. But just to say this, if you're around people that don't pick every little thing you do wrong and bring it to your attention, they just let it go. It kind of goes over their head. I like being around people like that. But if you're a nitpicker, people don't want to be around you. We're not perfect people, so we do things wrong. But notice, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Oh, you could have done it better that way. How come you didn't do that? What happened over here? Who wants to be around somebody like that? Now, verse 9 is a great verse. Offer hospitality to one another without what? Grumbling. Ganguzo. By the way, that's a holiday verse. That's for the holidays. You mean we have to invite her for Christmas dinner? We're going to exchange gifts again? Ganguzo, ganguzo. They'll bring their dog if they come to stay with us. I'm just trying to put things in your mind. You know what happens. It's an exercise for you. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Verse 10 is the key verse. Each one should use whatever gift he has received, spiritual gift, to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Understand this principle. Any of you here live in a condo and you have a condo association? Anybody? They have a condo association. They kind of manage your condo and whatever. Any of you live... In a subdivision where there's a gate or whatever and there's covenants and they tell you when you can paint your house and what bushes you can put. Any of you live like that? Okay, good. What usually happens in both of those organizations? Usually end up with the homeowner's Nazi, I call them. Am I right? They're coming down the street. They walk down the street. Oh, there's a little bit of rust at the Balmer house right there in that piece of cement. Right there. And I get a letter. Please remove the rust from your house. 
The Nazi has been around again. <laughs> Same of you guys in a condo association. They always show up to the meeting. They always want to be present. And they got this whole list of stuff that they want you to do. You know why those people are like that? Because they have nothing else to do. So they're grumblers, they're complainers, they're negative. They got their glasses in microvision. So what's the solution to that? Actively serving with your gift. Here's how it works, and you'll see it so clearly. This Friday night, we had thousands of people on our campuses doing what? Serving. Now, if you're serving, and on this campus alone... 15,000 people or whatever. You're serving hot dogs. The lines are out the gazooie. You're all over. You don't have one second. Gonguzo, gonguzo. You're just, ah, ah, hot dogs, hot dogs. Paint, another face paint, another face. There's no complaining because you're busy serving God. Praise God! You know how church splits happen? The people that split churches, split homes, split businesses, have nothing to do but complain pick and say to you, you're not doing it right. Problem is, they're not doing nothing. So thank you. You served with your gift. The busier we are serving God with our gift gives us no time to complain about other stuff. Now, I'm preaching good in case you don't know it. This is for you and this is for me, is it? It is. I heard a couple of you. Oh, God, he's not preaching so good. Just, just a moment, just a moment. Where was that section from? I was over here somewhere. Ushers, it's the guy in the third seat right over here with a green shirt. I'll get you. You know, when people can walk into one of our campuses on Friday and see the joy of the Lord, while we're working our tails off, God looks good. They want to be in a place where there's unity and people are flowing together. Because the world is not like that. This speaks loudly. Flowing together as a team. Now, go back to Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse 14 again. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Circle these words in verse 15. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. So the second thing you want to write is this. The world is not only watching our attitude, the world is watching our character. Paul says that we are on the stage of life. And the world is watching not only our attitude, but our character. I want you to look at me so you can explain this. The reason the world is looking at us, the reason unbelievers are looking at us, the reason unbelievers are focused on watching our lives closely is because of the contrast. You see, God designed us to be different 
in our character, in our actions, in our attitude than the world. Now, the only reason we can be that is because God lives in us. You can't do that on your own. Because my old sinful nature will be selfish, will be divisive. It'll be critical. But the world is watching us because we're different. Not better, but different. One day, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he made this huge statement. Take a look at it. We find it in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 8. Jesus was speaking to you and I as Christians. Sermon on the Mount was only for believers. And he was speaking about the religious people who had gone way deep off the end. Their attitude was terrible. They were just like the world. And he was speaking to unbelievers. And notice what he says. Jesus speaking about hypocrites and unbelievers. Do not be like them. Christ follower, you're to be different. Don't be like the world. If you're like the world, there's no contrast. There's nothing to attract them. So be different in your attitude. The whole world grumbles. The whole world divides things. Cut it out. Pastor Mark, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Because God lives in you. And then he talks about our character. Three areas. Look at that verse. I'll give them to you quickly. And by the way, the world is always looking at us. But I want you to take these binoculars today. And I want you to do them like this. I want you to look at your character. Now, let me just warn you ahead of time. Nobody's perfect. We're far from perfect. You'll see the reasoning for that in a moment. But this is the standard. So look at yourself. And as I read these three character traits, just evaluate yourself. How are you doing? What's the world see when they look at your life and mine? The first word he uses is blameless. It means purity of life. It means honesty of character. It means doing the right thing. Someone has said this, a blameless person may sin, but he or she then apologizes, they confess, and they make it right. Is that part of your character today? Honesty of character. The next word is innocent. It means unmixed, untainted motives. The way we live, it's right out in front of people. It's honest. It's open. There's nothing hidden. It really talks about a metal being mixed with alloys that aren't good in it. It's not purified. And God has to bring that metal up and heat it up and get the stuff off the top. It means that kind of life. We're right. We're unmixed. It also has an interesting term. We're to be unexperienced or inexperienced in evil. Now, that's really difficult. All you have to do is turn on your TV and we're no longer inexperienced in evil. Watch MTV. Watch any of the paid HBO and stars and all that jazz, which you shouldn't have in your home anyway. Because the minute you watch it, you're not inexperiencing evil. It's right smack dab in the front of your face, and you're just like the rest of the world. So these are character traits. And the last one is pure, above reproach, without fault. Wow. Blameless, innocent. Above reproach. Pretty tough. But here's the good news. Look at verse 15 again. Look at the beginning. So that you may become. Circle those words. May become. What does that mean? The original language means this. Become is a process. So Paul says, you are becoming these things. You haven't arrived. 
Paul, at the end of his death, said, I haven't arrived. You're a work in progress. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm a work in progress. Go ahead, just, just tell him, I'm a work in progress. You know, when you drive the back of this building here in, in Melbourne, we have a work in progress. We have a new children's building going up. And there's always stuff happening. You're a work in progress right now. And you're working toward those areas. Those, that character that represents Jesus Christ. By the way, do you remember the last time you looked in the Bible and you saw a scripture that said this? And Jesus grumbled. <laughs> Whoops. It isn't there. So I'll never be perfect, but I'm a work in progress. I'm going to be this person that is honesty of character. What you see is me. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I just did with the insurance companies. But I'm a work in progress. I'm just like you. That's why we're not better than the world. But we have God working in us, guys. Christ is making you a growing follower of Jesus Christ. And then, well, that world is working on those actions and the character in our attitude. So number three, you want to write this. Be blameless, innocent, and above reproach. Why? Because there's a contrast. That's what Jesus Christ was. In him was found no sin. That's a tough standard to go for. See, the reason we can say to you, the world is confused today. The world says, if I'm a good person, I'm going to heaven. Well, in the book of Matthew, Jesus defines a good person. And as a person that never sins, has never sinned, 100% perfect. Nobody reaches that because we're born with a sin nature. We sin by nature and we sin by practice. And so the standard is there. I'm not getting there, but I am a work in progress. I'm learning to obey. I'm learning to grow. And I'm respecting God because amazing that he got it. And that's his character. So he's given me the desire to grow. He's given me the desire not to be a grouchy person. And then he empowers me. Not to do those things. Look at the last part of verse 15. So that you may become your work in progress today, blameless and pure, children of God, hallelujah, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation. Now, what in the world does that mean? See, this is a contrast. Paul says, you're going to stand out. Because you're to be different. I'm speaking to you as a Christ child. You're to be different. In this crooked and depraved generation. Now the word crooked is very interesting. It's a medical term. In the English, we get that term. It's called scoliosis. It's a curved spine. So if a person has scoliosis, their spine isn't straight up enough. It's like this. They're deformed. And so what Paul says, in the world that you live, well, the world that you live is depraved. It's crooked. It isn't the standard. It isn't God's standard. They live like this. Today we learn that God takes the issue of grumbling very seriously. Pastor Mark taught about the habit of complaining that the Israelites developed. What God's response to it was... We were warned that grumbling can become a habit and that it can spread to those around us as well. 
we were shown that the Bible specifically says to do all things without complaints or arguing. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll be wrapping up the message, The World is Watching. Pastor Mark will talk about the contrast between a Christ follower who complains and one who has a positive, joyful, and thankful attitude. We will be reminded of the need to be a counterbalance to the attitudes of the world around us and how godly behavior can be a magnet, drawing others toward Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving